Opportunities Athletic Association uh, session on career opportunities in the National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics better known as the NAIA. I am your host, Dr. Kiki Baker-Barnes. I am the athletic director at Dillon University and I serve as commissioner of the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference and I am a proud member of MOA. Uh, here to share more information about MOA is our executive director, Stan Johnson. Thank you, Kiki. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and I welcome everyone to this session. Hopefully you'll get a lot out of it. MOA is uh, an opportunity for all of you. Uh, and we are trying to uh, provide opportunities and ways that people can be successful in this industry. The mission of MOA is to provide opportunities to change ideas, to advocate for increased participation and administrative opportunities for minorities in athletics. MOA also promotes generating a sports culture that uh, supports the value necessary to teach and learn respect for self and others. We were founded in 2000 uh, with uh, six individuals that got together at the NCAA convention in Indianapolis. And uh, we kind of went along for a couple of years trying to figure out what we wanted to do as an association. We had about 125 members. Uh, and then in 2005, we began to talk with NACTA and have a conversation about partnering with NACTA. In 2006, we became one of the NACTA affiliates. And we partnered with NACTA in that process. We've now grown to over 900 individuals in our association and over 400 institutions that participate. Uh, we have a board of directors, which Kiki and uh, Jason Horn are part of, both from the NAI. We encompass all divisions, divisions one, two, three of the NCAA, of course, the NAIA, all divisions, and the National Junior College Association as well. So we're open for individuals who are interested in becoming members of MOA. Our fiscal year runs anywhere from January to December, <laughs> January 1 to December 31. So we use a calendar year for our fiscal year. Uh, and we have basically a, a, a long range plan to help and assist in, in a number of areas with the individuals. One is with through education, two, through development, three, empowerment, four, growth to help people grow, and five, to outreach for individuals. We do that through a process of having uh, committees that work with, uh, from, made up of individuals from our membership, uh, headed by one of the board members. And there are a number of committee, uh, committees that we work with, but basically uh, we do a lot uh, offline working with individuals and trying to help individuals be successful. This is one, this program here is one of the things that we wanted to do to get involved because there are a lot of opportunities in the NAI and people need to understand that it's not just NCA division one, my NCA division one people are gonna get mad at me, but that's okay. Okay, <laughs> don't lot. Yeah, <laughs> we got a lot of opportunities for you as in, especially as young individuals trying to break into this field. We hope you learn a lot today. Uh, we have a number of initiatives and partnerships, such as uh, we work with Learfield IMG, Women Leaders in College Sports, uh, the NAIA, uh, of course, the NCAA, as well as other, other uh, organizations as well. And we have a number of awards, scholarship, and grants that we give every year. So we want to make sure that you are 
aware of what MOA is here for, is here to assist you as individuals. Uh, there is a student athlete, uh, say student athlete, there's a student fee that we have that's very minimal uh, if you want to join and become a part of this membership. Um, that's basically it. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about more because you'll find out more from these individuals who are all participants and uh, members of more. All right. Thanks so much, Stan. Uh, this session is being sponsored by the NAIA Conference Commissioners Association CCA RISE program and the NAIA Athletic Directors Association Board. Uh, I'd like to invite the president of both of these associations uh, to just share a couple of brief remarks prior to us getting start, started. First up, Rob Cashel, who's president of the Commissioner's Conference Association and commissioner of the Cascade Conference. Rob? Well, thank you, Kiki, and uh, good morning to everyone from the West Coast uh, out here in Oregon. And just really want to uh, take a moment and, and thank Moa and Kiki and Stanley for this opportunity for CCA RISE to take part in this programming. Um, we are a uh, relatively new organization from a standpoint of, of our initiative. RISE stands for Respect, Inclusivity, Support, and Education. And, and our goal is to really um, provide opportunity and training and programming for equality and, and participation uh, amongst uh, intercollegiate athletics in, in every level. And so we are, we are infantile in, in our uh, in our organization, but excited to learn from all of you and just very thrilled uh, that one of our initiatives, which was to partner with MOA has already uh, been achieved and we look forward to a very long relationship uh, partnering with MOA. So thank you, Kiki. Thank you, Rob. And next up, Joe Glover. He's the NA president of the NAI Athletic Directors Association Board and Athletic Director at Indiana University Southeast. Thanks, Kiki. I uh, really appreciate uh, being able to be here today. Really appreciate being able to help sponsor this awesome educational opportunity representing the NAI ADA. This is uh, really one of our, our passions uh, to be able to help educate and help leaders come into the profession that we love so much. As you can imagine, we, um, all of us uh, in the NAI ADA once uh, started out uh, in those intern days and we were looking at our first opportunity and trying to break into the career and the NAI was a good landing place for, for a lot of us as we continue to move forward through our career. So very excited to to, to be able to help sponsor this and, and hopefully get some good information. Quickly, the NAI Athletic Directors Association um, is a group uh, made up of athletic directors across uh, the NAI. Um, our goal is really to engage our athletic directors with meaningful collaborations, forums, national recognition, and empower our athletic directors in their professional development and leadership roles within the NAI, and to promote the NAI Athletic Director's collective voice on issues affecting membership uh, in co college athletics on a national scale. So that's a little bit about what we we do and what we're here to do. We're here to support athletic directors and help that next generation come in uh, to our association. So again, thank you for having us. Glad to sponsor and uh, looking forward to a great session. Thanks, Kiki. Awesome. All righty. Well, now we get to the fun part. Um, I'd like to tell you a little bit about the NAIA first. The, the National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics is headquartered in Kansas City, Missouri. It's a governing body of small college athletic programs that are dedicated to character-driven intercollegiate athletics. Since 1937, the NAIA has administered programs dedicated to championships in balance with the overall college educational experience. Each year, more than 77,000 NAIA student athletes have the opportunity to play college sports. 
They earn over $800 million in scholarships and compete for a chance to participate in 27 national championships. And I think we were the first association to do championships in cheer and dance. This is opportunity there. Uh, just a few housekeeping notes before we begin and I introduce our panelists. Please make sure you're on mute uh, as our presenters are speaking. Um, the, the first 30 minutes of this, we will spend asking, I'll ask some questions to our panelists, they'll answer those. And then the second part of this will be the opportunity for you to ask questions uh, via the chat, okay? So we have three awesome chat moderators. One is my co-conspirator, Jason Horn in all things NAIA. He serves as a member of the NAIA ADA board. He's also on the MOA board and is the athletic director at Xavier University. Our other committee member, Allison Kern, who is the athletic director at St. Xavier University. And our, our final committee member, Natasha Wilson, who's at Central Methodist University. So any questions you have, you make sure you put those there at the chat. And then when we get to that question answer period, they will be throwing those questions out uh, to the panelists to answer. I am very excited now to introduce today's panelists. Today, we have three special individuals who, again, are also a member of our committee who are doing great work and building their careers in the NAIA. First up, we have Ms. Jordan Gabriel. She is the Assistant Athletic Director at Loyola University. We have Darnell Smith, who's the Athletics Director at Texas A&M University, San Antonio. And we have Earl Swift, who is a Graduate Assistant for Athletic Operations at Lawrence Technical, Technological University. Thank you all so much for serving as our panelists today. All righty, well, we're gonna hop right into it. First of all, we'll talk a little bit about your path and I'm gonna go to you first, Jordan. Can you talk a little bit about your path and what it has taken for you to get where you are? Hi everyone, I'm Jordan. Um, so I originally started out as a Division I softball player here in uh, Southeast Louisiana. Uh, my senior year, I played softball at a small NAI institution in West Virginia. And then from there, I was a graduate assistant at an NCAA Division II university, um, where then I took on, I left there after coaching for two seasons and then went to an NAI um, institution and helped build an athletic department from the ground up as the athletics business manager. Um, and once we added softball there, I took on a dual role of athletics business manager and assistant softball coach. And so what got me here is just uh, hard work, dedication. Um, Jason Horn, I see you smiling at me. <laughs> <laughs> <A recommendation. laughs> um, it's, it, it's just hard work and being dedicated and having um, a passion about what I do, and that has definitely gotten me here. Uh, Darnell. Yes, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. Happy to be here today. Uh, so my pathway has been uh, a little bit of a traditional route to some. Um, I'm from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, graduated, got a scholarship to Oklahoma State University. I played football there. Uh, while at Oklahoma State, I had a passion, desire to become an athletic director. Um, and the people there believed in me and, and put me on a pathway uh, to be able to take those steps. So while at Oklahoma State, I interned in compliance um, and cut my teeth there. Uh, and then after that kind of transitioned 
to outside of athletics uh, to work for the United States Olympic Committee out there in Colorado Springs. Uh, again, my dream was still to become an athletic director. Um, I made my way from there to University of New Mexico as a director of athletic compliance. So I've, now I'm at a, a, a leading department uh, at the uh, Division One FBS level. Um, but uh, you know, made the transition to the University of Central Oklahoma. Um, you know, I, I say this: uh, my my wife is from Oklahoma City, and happy wife, happy life. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, made that transition to University of Central Oklahoma and uh, was there, uh, worked my way up uh, from director of compliance to assistant athletic director overseeing uh, several different areas. I was also deputy title IX coordinator, uh, et cetera. And then um, the opportunity at the Texas A&M University of San Antonio presented itself and uh, I jumped on it in a heartbeat and I've been here uh, sprinting since January. So thank you. That's a long sprint though now. <laughs> All right, Earl, tell us a little bit about your path. Um, for me, it was a very interesting role. Uh, I started at Adrian College. I played basketball there for two years. Then I transferred to Western Michigan. I didn't know I wanted to work in athletics until my senior year. So um, you know, I only had one year of experience in athletics, uh, intern at Western Michigan. And also, I really didn't know the proper steps for furthering my career. I thought someone was just going to really just fall out the sky. You know, luckily for me, my boss at Western was a uh, always trying to push me forward. He kind of gave me a blueprint for what I needed. Um, I applied for about 12 schools to become a GA and I got turned down by all 12. So it was very discouraging. In fact, I initially gave up on working in athletics. Um, you know, I was just going to just be a normal college graduate, just get a normal college graduate job and you know, work at a bank or sell cars or something of that sort. Um, I applied to actually work at Enterprise, which hires every single college graduate on planet Earth, if nobody knew that. Um, and I was on my final interview with them before my old boss at Western, he sent me a link to a grad assistant position at Lawrence Tech. Um, I was kind of over it, but I applied anyway, and they called me literally hours after me applying. Um, they asked me, was I ready to do an interview? When was I ready to do an interview? And I told them I could do one right now. So <laughs> very sudden, um, it was very sudden, but I already had a plethora of uh, interview experience from getting turned down by 12 schools. Uh, the interview went amazing. The interview actually went amazing. And they told me um, they uh, wanted to contact me soon on what their decision was gonna be. So knowing what I know, I was on my last interview with Enterprise and I really needed a job because you know my dad, he wasn't going for any of that. You know, Being a college graduate, he's like, listen, you gotta hurry up and find a job and get out of here. So uh, I told Lawrence Tech, hey, I have another school really, really interested in me, but I wanna be with you guys. You know, you're close to home. I like the program and everything. And I, first off, I don't recommend anybody lie like I did, but uh, it worked in my favor. You know, Lawrence Tech called me the next day and gave me a position and the rest is history, so. Um, it's very untraditional, but it worked out for the best. So, Earl, Earl, so you were bluffing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you gotta you gotta bluff a little bit, but uh, it worked in my favor. If it was meant to be, it was gonna be meant to be, and it was. So it was all good. Wow. Okay, that's 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 great information. Um, and I, let me say this before I move to this next question. I'm really glad to have the voice of someone who is just kicking off their career. Uh, I think it. If you if you didn't hear, he had twelve interviews and didn't didn't get a, a, a yes on any of those interviews. So I think that also kind of speaks to somewhat of your persistence. And I think Jordan mentioned working really really hard. You know, you just kind of kept pushing. So I, th I think that's kind of a key theme as we're thinking about wanting to have a career and what that looks like. Um, that's going to be a key to you having success. Um, moving to our second question, Darnella, I'm coming to you. What, what inspires you um, about working with the NAIA? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's a lot of things that inspire me about working with the NAIA. Uh, the things that come to mind uh, as the director of athletics of a program in which we're building from scratch and we're growing is a support that comes from NAIA. Uh, I've had no shortage of uh, athletic directors and, and other administrators out there reach out and lend their hand, uh, particularly looking closer to home uh, within the conference. Uh, all the ADs have been extremely supportive as well as the commissioner um, and, and presidents. So the su support comes in mind, plus the, the opportunity to be able to do whatever you want to as an administrator and grow. Uh, so as we talk about the careers and we, we talk about uh, access, uh, the NAIA allows for uh, so many ways to access uh, opportunity uh, for jobs, opportunity uh, for experience, opportunity uh, to be able to work collaboratively with the other industry leaders. Uh, another thing that comes to mind that's inspirational, also, uh, uh, Dr. Baker uh, Barnes, whenever you're talking about uh, the history about NAIA, uh, the history also includes the uh, intentionality of uh, looking at HBCUs and historical black colleges and universities. Uh, but so knowing that history and being African-American um, was inspiring too, because I know that there's collective support um, as, as I look to grow myself. Wow. Yes, that's very true. And, it, and and when you talk about the historical piece of it, it the NAI was the first to allow um, HBCUs to participate in championships. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Very good. Very good. Uh, Earl, I'm coming to you. What? Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> what is a job you didn't know existed in athletics before you started? Um, I feel like I could speak for a bunch of people in saying my initial goal working in athletics was to be an athletic director. Mm -hmm. um, it still is, and I know eventually I'll get to that moment, but originally I thought that was the only job in athletics, you know, was just to be an AD. Well, when I started out at Western, um, I thought the AD did everything, but as I started to grow more and more, you see all different types of areas that are useful. You know, I started to understand that an athletic department is only as good if all the levels are coexisting and working along the same tomb. You know, I knew there were coaches and trainers, but I started to see how big media communications played a role, mm -hmm. um, how sports information, how sports information was very critical. Um, then you have academics, academic advisors, and then the biggest area, compliance, which I knew nothing about until two years ago. You know, with that role, you have to make sure everybody is following suit, make sure everybody is following the aligned rules. And without somebody knowing what they're doing in that area, you know, your program will not function. So athletic departments are very huge and there are jobs in a lot of different areas. You know, the goal is just to kind of figure out what your niche is. Yeah, and you mentioned communications. What were the other ones you mentioned? Uh, sports information, so SID work. Yeah, uh, I said compliance. Compliance. And you have coaches and trainers too, so it's it's a real big family, and you just gotta all try to work together to make it work uh, yeah. at the best of its ability. Yeah, there are so many different areas, and I'm glad you brought that up again. There, you know, the athletic director is only one person, and if any of you are former or current athletes or former athletes at some point, you know that it takes a team to, to pull it all together. So even with just this role, you know that there are so many other opportunities and those were some great ones. Uh, athletic communication, athletic training, um, the business, the, the people who good with the money. Any of y'all good with money? You like to count money? The business operations people? Hey, that's a great place. We need somebody to manage the budget. Uh, if you have, if you're very good at speaking with people and you can get people to, uh, to listen to you and agree to give you the money, then you might be very good at athletic development, external relations and getting the money. 
but there are so many different opportunities again for you that exist in these uh, institutions. I like to go to Jordan. Um, and I think one of the things as you all now are trying to figure out your next step, we heard Earl talk a little bit about going through his first 12 interviews um, and not you know, collect, connect, connecting or getting one of those opportunities. And that kind of leads us to the question about what a potential hiring manager is looking for. What maybe could have helped Earl be successful in one of those earlier 12 encounters? Jordan, can you talk a little bit about what hiring managers may be looking for? Yeah, so it really is relevant. Um, it depends upon the position. So it's going to be different per position in the department. But one thing we always look for is relevant experience. So you really want to highlight in your resume um, the experience you have. So if you are looking to be um, a business manager and working with budgets, definitely highlight um, something in your background that deals with budget management. And don't just say like my own account because for that, that's not gonna cut it. Um, so relevant experience, and then we want evidence of success. And so this could be, we're gonna look at your advanced degrees. Um, did you graduate? Do you have a master's degree? Uh, do you have a doctoral degree? Um, academic awards, athletic achievements, and then we're really going to look at your willingness to do other duties as a sign because at the NAIA, um, most schools at this level are relatively small. Um, and so our budgets are small as well, which means our departments are small. So we're not going to have, um, if you look at LSU, their athletic department probably has two to 300 people and each person has a different role. When I was at AM Texarkana, um, I did the budget. I did purchasing, I did camps, game day management, game day operations, compliance, um, internal audits, audits with the AM system. So you have to be willing to do the extra work. You can't say, that's not my job. If somebody asks you to do something, be willing to do that and have that highlighted on your resume. And then we're also going to look at um, an upward trajectory and your mobility an upward mobility in your career trajectory. And um, it's funny that I have this question uh, because I actually spoke to my AD yesterday a little bit about it. And he said that one thing he saw on my resume was there was that upward trajectory. So I went from an athlete to a GA, to a coach, to an admin who then took on a coach's role who did X, Y, and Z, which were not defined as my job description, but I still did them. And so that that really plays a role in being seen and standing out to a hiring group. You Hey, you said a mouthful. <laughs> I think all of those things are definitely are really good. I like the part um, where you talked a little bit about when you got to the, was it the coaching position? where you had to do some more admin work that wasn't necessarily a part of what you had to do, but because you learned those additional skills, again, when you had this next interview, you were able to use that and be able to say, well, here, here are the things I've done. And I'll say to you all just, you know, and I'm thinking about when I'm looking at resumes, um, I think being able to clearly communicate what you've done Okay, it does not title, 
but if you've actually done the work can be very helpful as well once you kind of get into that space um yeah that that other duties as assigned can be very helpful i'll tell you in my first in my first graduate assistantship i started off as a grad assistant at um university of louisiana lafayette I did the camps, I did recruiting, I did the, the letter campaign. Well, at that time we were still sending letters. We didn't have email. <laughs> Lord, I don't even want to admit that. Okay, but we gonna let it go. I'm not that old y'all for real, but we didn't have email. <laughs> so I was still mailing. I did a letter writing campaign to my recruits. Um, I set up all the visits for the recruits. I mean, literally I did everything. I washed laundry. I did everything but tape ankles. And I'm still not taping ankles to this day. But what I'll say is, um, I, there, was, there were a ton of skills. I was learning how to multitask. You know, I was learning how to organize, how to prioritize different projects to meet different deadlines um, and understanding the needs of the person that I reported to. And those things are really critical um, as you're looking for an opportunity. So. Great stuff, Jordan. I just had to throw that in there, y'all. All right, this question is a free-for-all. So Jordan, Earl, Darnell, feel free to drop in, drop in, okay? It says, how can one effectively communicate? Oh, well, I started it. It's kind of what I started, but how can one effectively communicate in formal duties they have performed to a prospective employer and in their resume? We kind of already started it, but I'd like to hear some, some more feedback from you. Hey, Kiki, uh, could you repeat that question again? How can one effectively communicate informal duties? That's kind of where we were, where we're going, but how can more, they effectively communicate the informal duties they have performed to a prospective employer in the interview and on their resume? Yeah, you know, it comes down to um, really just the, the communication. I mean, every, to each person, there is a strategy and, and there is a way. Um, but uh, you also have to make sure that personally, um, you understand where your positionality when it comes to uh, the interview or when it comes to a particular opportunity. Uh, conversations often early um, with supervisors, with managers um, can benefit in this occasion but also understanding more succinctly your why, uh, what drives you. Um, because if you don't understand that, then it'll be hard to articulate that in any other type of form. Uh, so I would also suggest uh, to write these things out, um, to kind of rehearse, to perform, um, and also practice that with uh, a colleague or with a, a manager to kind of see how it comes across. So again, positionality um, and you know, what strategy works best for you, but practice and do it often and, um, you know, get some people that can give you some constructive feedback um, that you can take to heart um, will be meaningful and helpful at the end of the day. You mean I really have to practice? <laughs> I, you know, I, I would say practice, practice, practice. I, I know the whole Allen Iverson uh, skit, but uh, different contexts. Yes, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, because you want to be polished, in, in my opinion. So if you're taking any type of question to anyone, uh, you're trying to get to a conclusion, you're trying to get to an answer, you're trying to figure out the best course of action. And so for me, the more that you understand it, 
uh, through practice or through uh, repeated conversations, um, the better off you can be uh, with uh, being succinct with your delivery. Very good. Earl, Jordan, well, Jordan, you kind of already started it, but Earl, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I can uh, kind of chime in. Um, I think Darnell kind of hit it right on the head, Jordan as well. Um, the one thing I do, uh, one thing I learned now from that I wish I knew in the past is I need to take notes and kind of know what you're getting yourself into before you do it. You know, I was kind of just out here applying wherever and just saying, oh, you know, I was in athletics for a year. I played basketball before, so you should take me because I know a little bit, right? But uh, I never really knew what I was getting into at the time. And, um, you know, I talk, I've talked with Jason a lot of times and he, he tells me this too, kind of like find out where you want to get in, you know, find out, research the place you want to go. So if it's a, whatever school it's at or whatever organization, research it, see what they need, uh, give them facts. You know, already have facts on the organization or the school. So then you could tell them like, hey, I know you guys did this last year. or I heard you guys got a new coach. Uh, let them know. People love hearing that stuff because it's like, wow, this guy's really interested. It might even be some stuff that they didn't know that you know. So um, always take notes, research, and then um, surround yourself around experienced individuals. Uh, like, let's say your bosses and go over it with them. And I'm pretty sure they'll give you, they'll give you good feedback, too, because they don't want you to fail. So do those things, and I think you'll be fine. If, if I can interject real quick, Kiki. So like, yeah. Jordan, I stopped talking to you and I started talking to Earl because every time we go to Loyola, she comes over grinning because they beat us. So I'm done with you, Jordan. Earl, anytime you need any 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 advice, feel free to give me a call. Oh, <laughs> man, you salty. You're not supposed to show this part that, in the webinar. That's my guy, man. That's a, that's a Detroit connection. So, you know, that's my guy. <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, Darnell, were you, were you about to say something? Uh, yeah, just to add to that, what uh, Earl was saying and what Jordan said earlier, um, and I think Jordan mentioned doing the work. And uh, as uh, Earl talked about, you know, you got to stick with it. You got to put action behind it. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, um, you know, as I experienced being a young administrator at, at some point and then seeing young administrators, um, especially with, um, you know, early on, there's always a, a hesitant a fear or some type of hesitancy to be able to take that leap or to be able to take that next step. So sometimes uh, in, in some of these leadership books, I know that John C. Maxwell uh, speaks on it um, in, the, in the 15 valuable laws of growth yep. um, and or failing forward or pick any John Maxwell book. But they talk about being able to take a leap of faith. They talk about being able to step out um, and challenge yourself, you know, going beyond your comfort zone. And in some of these instances to do the work uh, to be able to, you know, get these close relationships like, like Earl has with Jason uh, and so forth, you have to be able to step sometimes out of your comfort zone, but you have to find your groove, your niche to be able to figure out how is this going to work for me? Again, getting back to the positionality. Ooh, there it is. Very good. Very good. Um, I see we're starting to get a lot of questions in the chat. So I'm going to ask you all, and this is for any of you, I'm gonna ask one more question and then we're gonna kind of turn it over to the chat moderators and then start getting through some of those questions. Um, can you talk about, and again, this kind of all goes together. We've talked about interviewing prep, kind of what that looks like, but the other part of this is developing a network. So can you talk about effective networking for people just starting their careers or wanting to start their career in this industry? Jordan, I see you. Yeah, so you definitely, to start, you have to step out of your comfort zone. Um, join 
a group that speaks to you. So the first group that I joined was women leaders in college sports. And that's where I met uh, Kiki. Um, and so that group was instrumental for me because it taught me to, I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell right now, but I have this huge fear of public speaking. And so joining that group um, taught me to step out of my comfort zone and network with people. And so through networking there, um, I met somebody who previously worked for uh, Jason, who then was like, hey, there's a job opening in New Orleans, you should apply because you kind of fit what they're looking for. And so you, you just need to join groups, you need to step out of your comfort zone and speak to people. It's hard, it is difficult. Um, and if you don't know what you, groups to join, ask. I mean, Mo is a great place to start. Yes. Um, women leaders in college sports, they take men. It's not just for women. Um, NACTA has several groups that, de depending what your specialty wants to be, look at NACTA, um, look at Bosca. There, there's so many out there. And start, start with your athletic department at the university that you're at right now, even if you are not on an athletic program, um, if you're just in sports management, start your networking there because you don't know, they might hire you on. It might be as a volunteer, but that's how you get your foot in the door. So start your networking at the institution that you're at and then go from there by joining groups. Okay. Earl, Darnell, any? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, my advice is no matter what, you know, get one foot in the door. Uh, to me, I know if I can get one foot in, I can tear the whole door down. Um, you know, I got one opportunity at Lawrence Tech, and once I got that, it just, it just allowed me to branch out and make, meet many different people, you know, along with developing a relationship with the AD at Lawrence Tech and the assistant AD and the game day operator. Um, I got to branch out to different high schools and started talking to their ADs and started building relationships with them. And uh, without that one foot in the door at Lawrence Tech, I wouldn't even know about MOA. I wouldn't know about SEFMA or NACTA and all these great organizations. And if I wouldn't have known about MOA, I wouldn't even be here talking to you because me being in the mo me uh you know being with moa it allowed dr barnes to kind of see me and bring me on the staff or bring me on the committee so that was just an extreme blessing for me and uh you know without me branching out and trying to be uncomfortable and joining these organizations it would have never happened and then also don't be afraid to ask questions and reach out to people who are experienced uh, a lot of time they'll be happy to share knowledge um for someone trying to go along the same path as them. You know, I mentioned Jason earlier, me, our relationship, the same thing with Darnell. You know, I can always reach out to him and talk to him about different things and he'll be there. He'll give me the advice. He'll tell me the do's, the do's and the don'ts. And um, like Jordan said as well, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, when you start off, it's not going to be an easy breezy road. You know, it's going to be jobs that you don't want to do. But as I always say, starting somewhere is better than not starting at all. You know, people start to know you, they see your work ethic and they build a small bond with you and they always try to look out for you. So always just try to start somewhere, just try to get your foot in the door and just make the most of the opportunity. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll add to that and uh, well stated. Um, so I believe it was Michael Jordan said, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Um, and after hearing what uh, Earl said, that made me think about that. When it comes to building uh, the network, um, you know, it's, you have to find your pathway, what makes sense to you. Um, so you hear stories um, about, you know, so-and-so is connected to the athletic record here or so-and-so is connected to the SWA there. Um, but really, I mean, that may not be your pathway. That may not be uh, your way to get into the next step. But what I can tell you is just continue to be authentic. 
I think authenticity, character, uh, integrity, knowing your values um, will help you because that will help people gravitate towards you. Um, so you want to be the center of a sphere and have your board of directors or your board of supporters, as it was mentioned earlier, uh, people that can grab it, can circle around you. Um, science was not my thing, so just work with me here. <laughs> but nonetheless, you want to be the core of that. And and it could be it could be a police officer. Uh, it could be it could be your priest. It could be your athletic director, or it could be um, could be your compliance administrator. At the end of the day, leaders are leaders, but define what you want to be. And I would encourage you as you're beginning to try to find that step. Yes, get involved with MOA, uh, get involved with BOSCA as, as Jordan mentioned earlier. And for those that may not be aware, it stands for the, the Business of Small College Athletics. Uh, uh, Jim Abbott, who's athletic director, uh, runs that. It's a very well run organization as well as uh, with NACTA, uh, National Association of Collegiate Directors of Athletics, you can get involved with as many things, but in your journey, you have to find the individuals that speak to your values, that speak to what you're trying to do. You don't want to get derailed because energy wasted um, or energy diverted um, because you can't necessarily cancel out energy. It, it will go. But nonetheless, uh, you want to make sure that you are working with individuals that can feed that energy and, and point you in the right, right direction. Because at the end of the day, when you feel comfortable with who's surrounding you or who's around you, uh, I think that's going to uh, provide a, an environment for success down the road, no matter what you're doing. I, I don't think that there's a limit to who your supporters are, as long as you can trust them. And as long as, in my opinion, if they give you constructive feedback, um, that's, you know, you're able to learn and grow. So people who have growth mindsets versus fixed mindsets. Yes, very good. Arnell's fitness knowledge, yes. I think I remember when we first, didn't we meet at MOA? We did, oh, we did. Yeah, we were working the, we were working the check-in table for the symposium, I think, right? It, it did, uh, yes, we, yeah. And, um, okay. and, and then, well, I guess just to let you know, uh, with Dr. Barnes, I, I, when I sat next to her, we were working the check-in table. Again, I, I try to get involved involved with as many things as I possibly can uh, to, to the limit that I can do it. And you know, one thing I learned from her, again, it, you don't have to necessarily, you can, you can have um, mentors that you learn from without ever having to engage people. You can just watch and observe. But even though I did engage Dr. Barnes, but watching her in action, it was, uh, it was encouraging, it was inspirational. There was not one person that came by that desk that did not know her. And I said to myself, wow, she has it. She has the X factor. And I was like, that's something that I, I hope to have. And I'm still striving to get there. But, you know, you got to utilize the strengths that you, you have. Everyone has a natural ability. Everyone has a natural strength. And if you're ever taking a leadership-based uh, strength, strength finders, you realize what those are. And then you can maximize those efforts. And uh, Dr. Barnes does a phenomenal job of doing that. And still to this day, I'm not really sure how she's able to do all the things that she does. I don't, either. I don't know, Dardelli, but I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I love y'all. All right. So we, we've gotten to the end of our questions, but I think that was just a phenomenal job. Like those were great nuggets from each of our panelists. And I've kind of been observing the chat. So now we're going to go to your questions. Um, I'm going to Natasha first. She's, again, our athletic director at Central Methodist University. She'll be 
Uh, moving through the first question, we'll go to Allison Kern at St. Xavier University and then Jason Horn at Xavier University. And we'll just kind of just go in the circle and try to get your questions answered and make this as interactive a, as we can. So thank you, Dr. Barnes. First question, Jordan Crosby, he is from St. Louis, a recent graduate from Culver Stockton College. He's looking for postgraduate career opportunities um, so that he can utilize some of his communication management and leadership skills. Can you give, or any of the panelists, can you give any suggestions on where to find within NAIA some of these postgraduate um, opportunities? Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm gonna while, while I'm gonna let y'all answer, but while y'all doing that, I'm gonna go find the website and then put the link in the chat. Would that be helpful? <laughs> okay. Donnell, I'll, I'll let you talk. Let me find the link. All right, I, 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 I won't talk to you. I think that uh, Earl or Jordan may be able to speak to this a little more um, specifically than, than myself, but here's what I would suggest. I, I wouldn't just limit it to the NAIA as far as like, where can you find it? I mean, there's like, for example, with MOA. Um, MOA, if as a member, there are opportunities as uh, Stan mentioned uh, at the beginning, there's scholarships. Um, so, for example, the uh, Rudy Keeling Scholarship. There's a, a, a Founders Scholarship opportunity. There's there's things that are there um, that you might be able to take advantage of that can help you. Um, so, if you're looking at trying to get your foot in the door, if you want to go to like a, a graduate school, looking for scholarships to 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 help you down your pathway, uh, those are things in which you could take full advantage of that connects back to the NAIA. Because if you're looking at trying to get into an NAIA institution that scholarship might be able to help you at that particular institution to cover a lot of your expenses and bills. But there is a jobs website um, that is on the NAI um, website that you can look at and you can look at those things that are there, those careers and figure out you know, who's offering what and how you might be able to fit in based on the, the skill sets. There's a lot of professional development opportunities too within each uh, NAIA member school uh, and within the NAI uh, in and of itself. Um, and, and what I've seen, it's, it's a little bit more uh, germane to the institution that you're at, um, that you're trying to develop these holistic skills. So overall, I mean, it, it, you know, one word that we use here at AM San Antonio is to be audacious, uh, to think big. And, and so I would challenge to think, you know, how can I link all this together? And that's what we're, we're here to help you do um, if, there, if there's any questions. So I'll, I'll let, Earl Jordan kind of speak to a little bit more specifically. So I think that um, rather than kind of limiting yourself, um, as Darnell said, I think you need to find um, a place that that suits you as a person. So look at just because a job is posted, don't apply for it because that school may not have the same values that you do. Um, it may not fit you as a person. And so even if you have to volunteer somewhere, um, I think everyone leaves college and I understand we need to make money with bills to pay, but everyone thinks, well, I have to get a job at this place. Volunteer somewhere. Um, when I was an admin in Texas, I was the volunteer softball coach and was I had no um, intention whatsoever of becoming a head softball coach. I knew that was not in my future. I did not want, I wanted nothing to do with that, but I was volunteering and 
a school started a softball program in Texas and they called me and asked me if I wanted to um, be the head coach for their program. So I think volunteering at places gets your foot in the door. If you, even if you can't get paid for it, um, volunteer somewhere that has your best interest at heart and somewhere that you can actually learn and they're going to push you um, in an upward trajectory. So volunteer if you can't get a job somewhere that you want immediately. Um, yeah, as I said earlier, you know, you gotta just get your foot in the door, you know, one way or another. And like I said, um, an opportunity is better than no opportunity. So I know for me, when I got out of college, I did the very unconditional route. I didn't really think stuff through. I was just applying wherever. I didn't think, I wasn't thinking like maybe this would be a good fit for me. I was just like, oh man, if I could get right here, I'm gonna be good. But yeah, just like I said, do your research, you know, research where you want to be at, research what you want to do, you know, just see if it aligns with your values and aligns with the career path you want to go on. Um, don't just try to just go out and fish something random and just think like, okay, I just built off of that. Like, no, nah, it's, it's a lot of different places for you. And, and as uh, Darnell said, don't limit yourself. Um, find out your niche and just go for it. Very good. And, and if I may, just just real quick, bro, you brought up something and I was thinking about what Jordan mentioned too. Um, again, something that comes back is the, the network, um, those you connect with uh, doing the work as well. So, you know, whenever you're, you're looking for opportunities and how do you get in and the NAIA, again, we talk about careers here in NAIA uh, and, and beyond, but the, the NAIA offers a plethora of opportunities that you can fit in anywhere. <laughs> as I said earlier, you can do whatever you, you, you want to imagine. Dr. Barnes talked about, uh, you know, different areas and, and what she, you know, when she was uh, an administrator coming up and you know, we all talk about different areas. So if you want to do compliance, if you want to do um, business, if you want to be an athletic director like myself, if you want to do something in the industry, NAI is the place that you can do. And the beautiful thing is, uh, as you try to get your foot in the door, there's so many different ways to be able to do it. Um, and I just want to let you know that, so as you network, understand your value, understand your passion, your why, and then connect with those people as, as Jordan talked about, um, and or connect with those people to help you get there. You don't have to shoot for the athletic director if the next step is, you know, maybe an assistant director. Start to chip away, start to build those relationships. Very good. Thank you so much. Before we go to Allison, I just wanted to acknowledge there are uh, a couple of NAIA staff members on. Uh, Lynn Parman, who was our chief operating officer for the NAIA, actually put a, a note in the chat. She said, on behalf of the NAIA National Office, it is awesome to see so many student athletes today. There are so many opportunities for careers in athletics. So we're excited for today's session. So I wanted to acknowledge Lynn. Then our Vice President for Membership and Governance, Chesney Salee, is on. Uh, thank you so much, Chesney. She keeps us rocking and rolling. Um, then we also have Paige Salvador, who is our, I think, our um, Director or Vice President for uh, Communications with the NAIA. And then also Chelsea Abasian, she is our uh, NAIA Athletic Directors Association um, rep for the NAIA ADA board. She works for NACTA. So I just wanted to make sure I acknowledge them for being on today and supporting us and making this happen. Thank you so much. All right, Allison, to our next question. Okay, uh, Liza Goodlow, 
is in the process of making a career pivot. She's been a secondary education teacher for 17 years and wants a little bit of advice on how to maybe pivot careers and as I said, crack the door open and start the process. I'll, I'll jump in on this one. Um, so when talking about pivoting careers, uh, be able to get the foot in the door, uh, one plug that uh, I'll put out there. So with MOA, um, there are, um, as we call like MOA talks or webinars that speak specifically to this type of question uh, and other questions. And I, uh, as a, one of the hosts of those webinars, I would recommend uh, taking a look at that after um, this uh, session is done, because it does talk about how do you get your foot in the door and access. But uh, one tip I would give, and I've said this to several people, and, and it's worked out for me, wherever you're at, take advantage of location, take advantage of the people around you. So for example, if I'm here in San Antonio, and I'm trying to um, make a pivot in my career and step out when I get in athletics, uh, as I think it was Jordan that mentioned, volunteer, uh, do the work, get out there. Uh, you know, you may be working the scores table, you may be picking up trash, or you may be doing some things, but every little bit helps. Again, with the NIA, there's no shortage of job opportunities or, or ways to get your foot in the door. So do that. Then also, it, it doesn't hurt. Find someone at an institution that you want to be at. Find someone that is doing the job or the work that you like to do or that inspires you. Um, look at their bio or, you know, reach out to them in an email. I find LinkedIn to be very helpful. So take advantage of those resources, but find out what do they do? And then send out an email uh, to that person. Be respectful because during this time, there's, there's a lot of things going on, uh, especially as athletic director, there's uh, a lot of things firing off on, on all cylinders right now. However, uh, if someone reached out to me and said, hey, uh, Mr. Smith, I would love to know how you got to where you got, just like Earl did. Uh, to me, we, we've had several conversations and pretty sure he's done that with, with, with others, but he's taking these steps. But reach out uh, to individuals and ask for about 10 to 15 minutes just to be able to do an intro meeting and just to understand what was their pathway, how did they get there? And you can learn a lot from that. And I, and I think that you continue to chip away and continue to set meetings, but be respectful of people's time, grow, uh, and continue to volunteer. And I'm pretty sure some doors will open at some point. Yeah. Because even volunteer work can go on a resume. Yep, it sure can. Uh, Lizette says she's in San Antonio, so be on the lookout for that email. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, I'll I'll add and kind of echo uh, Darnell's sentiments. One of my my mentees is on Robin. Robin um, reached out to me when she graduated from LSU. And I mean, I know you've, you've already been working for a while, so I know it's not the same, but the concept is similar. Um, she actually came and volunteered with me for a semester while she was trying to figure out what was her next move. And that's how our relationship started. So um, she would come in like a certain hours during the week, she'd do work with me. And so what happened is Moa decided they were doing this Rising Stars deal. I was like, oh, I'm recommending you for this. And I just started recommending her for all kinds of stuff. Every program that there was for Someone that was trying to get in, I was sending an email, sign up for this, sign up for that. And um, that all started from her saying, can I come and spend some time with you? It was an initial conversation. And then, you know, since her, her schedule permitted for her to have time, uh, she spent time with me uh, every day, helping me, you know, get some things done. And um, 
Yeah, now she big time, you know, got a job and everything, you know. We have a hard time talking now, like trying to schedule a meeting. I mean, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Dr. Barnes, you brought up something and, you know, very powerful, uh, this phrase, how can I help? Very powerful. And, and I think that that can go a long way because it shows selflessness, but also uh, intentionality. Very, very true. Jason. Uh, this one's this question's from uh, Tim and Thomas, international student from the Caribbean. I'm about to enter my last semester at Texas Tech as a graduate student in sports management. I did not play college sport, but I'm very interested in working in the industry. Can you offer advice to someone like me who isn't from the U.S. and didn't play college sports? So I'll 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 start with that. Um, so I did not play a college sport, even though I was probably. I'll just leave it right there. But I, I, I graduated from, from the University of Michigan. But what, you, what I would suggest is, is, is you, just gotta, you just gotta get involved. You gotta go and say, hey, can I volunteer in your office? You know, I, when, when I was a student, I worked in the basketball office at the University of Michigan. You know, when I was fortunate that it was during the time and I'm gonna, I'm gonna date myself even more than Kiki, it was during the time of the Fab Five. So, um, so I got to travel with the Fab Five. My tr first trip to New Orleans was was a Final Four trip to, with with the Fab Five here. Six days, all expense paid at the Hilton Riverside. It was it was fantastic, but but that's what I would say is is go over to the athletic department, the area that you're that you're interested in. I know COVID is really weird right now, so um, I think people just want to see initiative, and and put in your time and and make some connections and. And, and, and really that's, that's one way to get your foot in the door. And just to reach out to some people, use LinkedIn as a resource and connect with people, all of the people that you've met in the athletic department, um, just in your passing in sports is reach out to them. And you never know when someone's gonna come back and say, hey, I, I, we're looking for somebody to help out with this. In terms of the NAI, I'll tell you this, everybody's looking for extra hands. So. Some are gonna be paid, most are not gonna be, but, but sometimes you gotta go right to go left. Um, that's, that's one of the hornisms that I use all the time around here. And, and, and really you just gotta meet some people and, and, and get your foot in the door that way. I, I sometimes say the sports business is like, is like the movie business. You know, a lot of people wanna get in it. it it's, I will say this, it's not built for everybody because it is a, it is a big time commitment. But it's it's very rewarding for those of us that that are crazy enough to get into it. So um, that that's my piece of advice. Not being an international student, but I don't think that 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 stops people that the fact that you're international from from getting involved and in, and in, and in, in, in getting well known. I'll tell you this: Gerald Drew, Dr. Gerald Drew, who's at the um, University of the Virgin Islands, just became the athletic director there. He's looking to add some some staff and he has some opportunities for some people that want to want to get involved so reach out to him now he's going to be mad but go ahead and drop my name with it and say that I talked about him on the zoom and and um and see if there's an opportunity there you just gotta you just gotta take the leap it's gonna be a lot of rejection it's it's like with anything it's you know you know Earl got a job after his 13th resume I mean that's ridiculous but um you know but but that's what I would that's what I would suggest Oh, we give it all a hard time. <laughs> yo, yo, he always does that, man. But for people that don't know about the Fat Five, that was like about 40 years ago. So <laughs> some, people here, some people here might not know for real, but you know, that was a while back. So it's all, it's all good. Y'all can go ahead and Google that. <laughs>
Shots fired. All right, we want to get to our next question. Because I just want to, oh. to add on to that. What okay. Jason, I think that there's this um, common misconception that if you played college athletics, you're going to be great working in college athletics, um, that you don't have to play sports to understand this industry. For instance, um, one of our star basketball players is on this call right now, Andrew Fava, great athlete. Going to be like, break the three-point record at this school, I promise you. Um, he wants to work in athletics. Did he know what goes into it? Absolutely not. One day he asked me if I needed help. I guarantee you he's outside this door shaking his head right now on this because he asked if I needed help and now he has basically become my assistant. <laughs> so now he's learning the ins and outs of athletics. He didn't know what went into planning a game day. He didn't know what went into selling tickets online or how concessions runs or how any of that worked. He's great at basketball, yes, but he didn't know any of that stuff. So just because you didn't play college athletics does not mean you're not going to excel in a career in athletics. Just put the work in. All right, we got a couple more questions and we've got five minutes. So we need to try, I wanna make sure we try to get those questions answered. So we're gonna limit it to just one person responding uh, and then we'll we'll close it out. Tasha. Okay, so the next question is from Bri Brianna Tresser. Um, she works currently in the federal government as a program analyst. Um, she's pursuing her master's in sport management um, she realized this is where her passion truly lies. She's a little nervous about the pivot and is just wondering, are there other opportunities that she may not be thinking of within athletics? Hmm. So as you, as you kind of take a look at different things and you're in your master's program, you got to get involved with the athletic department. You got to, you got to create your network. You know, you, you'll find that. Um, I don't know exactly. I mean, it was kind of, I mean, when you said what you did, that was kind of like the, the TV game show response um, in terms of the drill down. You know, do you do you work in the business office? You know, do you deal with communications, those things in terms of a program analyst? And you just got to you got to see where the where some opportunities may be within your athletic department and 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 just start creating your network and getting some things that that trend and show how the experience that you have can translate to um, an area within sport. I think that's a, that's a key piece. Okay. All righty, next question. We'll keep moving. Um, Jai Butts is a North Carolina Central University senior studying sports management and a minor in business. Um, this is another question essentially about being an asset in college athletics and does a person who doesn't play sports have a lesser chance of getting a job within college athletics. I think we've really covered that, although I'll kick it back to the panel. To go off what Jason and Jordan have also said, I just want to put in in terms of being an athlete or not and understanding what, you know, there's what I think everyone would agree, what people think we do and then what the job actually is. Um, and I, I think to speak for everybody on this panel, the, the thing that everyone's looking for the most, I think you've heard a lot of, just about everyone here talk about duties as assigned and all of that other work, everybody's looking for somebody in sports terms with a motor. So if you're someone who's willing to roll up your sleeves and do what needs to be done, whether that's taking out the trash 
or filing paperwork or running something across campus or doing game management, whatever that looks like, it's not going to matter as much whether you, no offense, Jordan, led, you know, the conference in three-point percentage or not. Those are all great things and they might give you an entrance into it. And I think when we were all younger, we thought maybe it mattered more than, you know, once you get into hiring positions, but the thing that's going to separate you the most is always going to be, what are you willing to do? Yeah. Wow. I'll, I'll kick that back. No, that's real. I, I actually, I think that's actually a good stopping point for us. We, we have a hard cutoff today. Um, and I wish we could talk more, but I think this has been fantastic. Uh, what, what I would encourage us to do, all panelists, can you drop your emails in the chat? so that those who have um, you know, been on today can have an opportunity to kind of reach out. And um, you know, if there's some more pressing questions, we can get to those. Um, we are so really, we are really extremely grateful that you took the time to learn more about MOA, more about the NAIA and the opportunities that exist. I am going to, let me, um, I actually I'm gonna be a little bit more fancy because this is what I do y'all. Uh, I'm gonna have y'all text Dr. Kiki to my uh, number so I can get your email, <laughs> and then I can figure out how to get with y'all. I want to send you an email, but I'm gonna put that in the in the chat as well. Um, but yeah, reach out to us. I'm sure we can find an opportunity to be able to help you again. That's kind of what this is all about. Um, I've put the info in the chat so you can connect with me. You'll get a link where you can. Um, get some more information and I'm interested in things that will help you grow. So um it's well, Kiki, one more one more one more piece. I don't I don't know that this was said. What's that? So the, another thing about opportunities within the NAI, there yeah. is a job that make sure that you look at the not just the NCAA job board. There is a job board on the NAI website. Yeah we did. We put it in the okay. chat for <laughs> must have been when Alan Green was was tennis coach was in here. I tell you guys it's you know when they talk about other duties as a sign. It's, yes. it's, it's there, so. Yes, so if y'all wanna connect with me, text Dr. Kiki to 38470. Um, that's the way you connect with me. And we was just wanna say thank you so much again for taking an hour of your day to spend it with us. Thank you to our panelists. Ooh, I wish I had crowd noise, we do. <sighs> yes, crowd noise to our panelists, to our committee members for all of your time today, for the knowledge that you have shared. Thank you for paying attention to us. We appreciate it. Uh, follow MOA at MOA Diversity One on Twitter. Um, that'll be where you can keep up with what's happening with that organization. And we'll be having another one of these in uh, hopefully next semester. So be on the lookout for emails, uh, connect with your local departments if you need to, uh, to keep up with what's going on. So thank you again, Stan, any final words? All right. Well, y'all have a great, great day. Take care. Take care, everybody. Bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Make sure you mask up. Oh, please. <laughs> they shut Michigan down, so make sure everybody mask up. Oh, poor Michigan right now. I'm sorry, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> they struggling, bro. <laughs>